you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Hello and welcome to a very special Mash Those Buttons presentation of WoW Talk, The Torn and the Goblin, and Watchpoint Radio. My name is Nick. I am the host of WoW Talk and The Torn and the Goblin, and we are here to discuss BlizzCon. Uh, BlizzCon happened this weekend. There was a lot of Blizzard news, and all our shows are very Blizzard-centric, so we figured we'd all get together and talk about BlizzCon, and we were even lucky enough to have two of our uh, our hosts, uh, Bob and Katie, uh, from Watchpoint Radio and the Torn and the Goblin, respectively, attend BlizzCon. Uh, we'll have uh, interviews with them later throughout the show, uh, but for now, I am joined by uh, Jarrett from Watchpoint Radio. Hello. We have Ray from WoW Talk. Hey, hey. And we also have Eric from WoW Talk. Hey, guys. So this this was a fun BlizzCon, at least I thought so. I mean, they're all fun. I don't think there's ever been a bad one. The people have been like, oh, that was terrible. I wish they didn't do that. Um, but let's start Let's start with, uh, I guess, the games that we don't play since our shows focus on Overwatch and uh, World of Warcraft. Let's start by getting into Heroes of the Storm first, real quickly out of the way. Uh, the big thing that they announced for Heroes of the Storm was that Hanzo and Alex Straza were coming. They had a nice little video for that. Um, what did you guys think of that video? Uh, for anybody that plays Heroes of the Storm, are, are you excited to see them showing up in the game? Uh, are we concerned that there's going to be Hanzo mains in two games now? I think I'm too casual of a Heroes player to care. But... <laughs> Like I know who Hanzo is. I don't actually know who the other character is. So I uh yeah, I was really only concerned with Hanzo. I'm like, oh great. Never picking that asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't like his hit the hitbox on his arrows is way too small. Like he needs to be shooting trees. Like that's basically the only way to play Hanzo. Well, he didn't actually hit Alex Straza until he used his ultimate, if I'm not mistaken, in the cinematic, right? Right. Well, I'm talking about the like when they actually show like the gameplay videos of Hanzo in the game. I'm just kind of like, eh, okay. The only reason I'm I'm even playing other characters right now in Heroes is so that I can get my 15 characters to level five, so that I can just play Zagara only in competitive. <laughs> <laughs> That's really the only reason I play other characters. So I, I I hate to be that guy, but the only character that I'm interested in is playing Zagara. Like I've played other heroes characters. I just want to play Zagara and that is it. <laughs> so like I'm the wrong person to ask. That was basically a long way of me saying that <laughs> I'm the wrong person to ask. <laughs> well at the very least what did we think of the cinematic then if we don't have any heroes players in here? I mean I thought it was I thought I thought it was good. I mean I don't know. I, they, uh, I guess they really couldn't find a better way to introduce Hanzo. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the I thought the Genji cinematic was like bringing him into the game was much better. Like the the one that had uh, was it was it Diablo? Yeah, it was like him and Diablo, and then Diva flies, and I thought that was a much better cinematic than this one. I mean, don't get me wrong; it looks beautiful. It looks gorgeous as as they all do, but. Just in in terms of content in general, you know. Well, I don't know. I thought it was an okay cinematic, and then I realized, like, wait a minute, like she's gonna turn into a dragon, and then he's gonna use his alt, which is dragons. And I was like, that's gonna be awesome. And then that happened, which was cool. And then at the end, it was all like, oh, or we were just training each other, working together. And then you had that those like like I don't know if they were portals or what the heck was opening up. 
over the the landscape at the end. But I'm thinking that like this is leading into some kind of thing. Like there's something going weird with the Nexus, and then this is going to lead into this is how you get like Destiny Two characters showing up in the Nexus, and then other Activision characters showing up in the Nexus. That this is the beginning of the expansion. Isn't there always something going wrong on the Nexus though? Like that's the whole point. <laughs> well, no, but this was different than what's usually going wrong in the Nexus. Usually it's just more characters are showing up, but this one, I, I'm, I, I think they showed something from Starcraft in that one portal. I couldn't really tell. Well, there's Starcraft maps. Like, I think I'm pretty sure they just showed basically what, what we see in the Starcraft maps already. I didn't see anything out of the ordinary, but then again, like I'm not hardcore into heroes, you know? I'm, yeah. I'm just the guy that you don't want to play with when you play heroes because you're going to get mad at me for being bad. I'm just going to be like, eh. That's what I say. <laughs> we should play together because we both suck. I'm actually not that bad, Nick, but. <laughs> <laughs> so then we should play together so they won't get mad at you. They'll get mad at me. Oh, okay. I'll I'll uh, I'll protect you by sandbagging even harder. Well, whatever. Oh, whenever you get done with running around and punching people in Destiny, you let me know. Yeah. Well, well, that's as I said. That's that's what I'm thinking here is that those those portals. There's nothing there yet, but I feel like th- whatever's happening is going to lead to Cade or somebody showing I don't up. I and- think so, dude. Like Destiny is not a Blizzard game. It's not. It's not a Blizzard game. There's more I, than enough characters in the Blizzard universe for them to just keep Blizzard characters in there. Right, but one of the one of the problems though is that people are getting tired of Overwatch and Warcraft characters being added. People that play heroes, they want like more Diablo characters or more Starcraft characters. But I feel like they're like, I don't know. What, what did we see? We didn't see a Diablo character added. We didn't see a, a Starcraft character added. We got another Overwatch and another uh, Warcraft character added. I think it's it, it, at some point, just for diversity's sake, they're going to be like, yeah, we'll throw a Titan in there. Why not? Why would they throw? Okay, so first of all, <laughs> let's talk Destiny. The fact that all three classes are interchangeable, right? You're going to have three. That means you're going to have three three more classes or heroes and heroes of the storm that are essentially the same thing with a couple of, of key differences. Like nobody wants that. Nobody wants I that. do because then I can, I can run around punching people with my Titan in, in heroes. And what kind of voice lines would they have? Cause you don't have any in destiny. <laughs> I guess they, they'd have to get, uh, they'd have to get uh, Dolan North to record them. No, then you then you want the destiny ghost and that, <laughs> it's a different story like no I, th- I think you're right they do add a lot of characters from overwatch and warcraft but i think those games are like really character rich and that's why not to mention of course overwatch is popular right now so they're trying to get yes. people who play overwatch to play heroes and vice versa which is why i think um at least two of the big events that they did over the last year were overwatch and hero centric but, you know, Diablo, as they continue to expand on the game and StarCraft, obviously they're not leaving that game alone. They're, they're definitely keeping their promise to run their games as a service. So I think we'll see more characters introduced. And then those characters will go on the heroes. But Blizzard is certainly no shortage of new characters. No, no, no. But you can always add more. Yes, you can always add more. So. <laughs> So okay, so I think I think given our our uh, expertise on the topic matter, I think that'll wrap up our discussion of Heroes of the Storm at this point. Well, I can speculate so all day if you want, Nick. It's fine. I mean, <laughs> no, no, well, that's fine. That's, we have plenty of other stuff to speculate about as it is. So let's let's move on to Hearthstone real quickly. Uh, they announced the Kobold and 
catacombs, kobolds and catacombs expansion. Um, does anybody else here play Hearthstone? Because I'm a fairly avid Hearthstone player for even though I suck at it. Just I every now and again, I haven't played in a long time, but I did like watching the I liked watching the guy uh, read the storybook. Yes. Well, apparently the song that they sang for the uh, during the cinematic was the first thing that Christy Golden wrote for Blizzard as an actual employee. So I thought that was interesting. Um, But yeah, the the other disappointing thing is the fact that we got a song with the cinematic. It means that we won't get a Ben Brode rap, although I did hear he did do some kind of rap somewhere at BlizzCon. I have to find which panel that was on. I didn't see that. Um, but speaking of Ben Brode, they did have that interesting way of introducing the uh, the expansion by basically letting him do a choose your own adventure with the crowd to go through the halls and whatnot and, and uh, encounter the different cards. Uh, I thought that was clever. Um Ben Brode is one of their assets as far as when they do a presentation that he's very charismatic and very good at getting the crowd riled up and, and delivering the material. So it was good, good use of him. Um, but as far as the expansion goes, uh, I guess we'll have to see, you know, what, what all the cards are. They're going to be giving legendary weapons to all the classes. So my only thought is that the meta is going to change because the oozes and Harrison Jones are going to come back into favor. Um, not that I really play in the meta. I'll probably be lucky to get one or two legendary weapons. Although I think everybody is supposed to get at least one legendary weapon for free when they start opening packs. Uh, Marin the Fox is another legendary that everybody will get when they log in on Monday. Or I guess they will have already gotten it uh, by the time this goes up. It will have gone up on uh, November 6th. Uh, Marin the Fox will have. So you can get that legendary. I think he gets you. He gives your opponent a legendary treasure chest, which if you open that up, you get loot. And the loot does crazy stuff. So they're definitely playing around with various cards in that game. Um, I'm excited, I, but I, I'm always excited for Hearthstone. I like getting more cards and stuff, so uh, that looks good. Um, but let's move into more of the meat of our presentation here. Uh, let's go into Overwatch. So, Jarrett, since you host Watchpoint Radio, what did you like about what they announced? What are you, what are you excited for? What are you looking forward to? This is going to be a difficult conversation. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be a bit difficult because, um, yeah, the, I don't know. So I guess I'll start with the hero, right? I'll start with the hero first. Um, wasn't very excited by it. Gotta be honest. Uh, when I saw Moira, I, uh, the first thing I kind of noticed, well, before it happens early in the video, the first thing that I saw was that her damaging ability doesn't require aim. It's auto lock. Never enjoy those in a first person shooter, right? <laughs> not not looking for that in a first person shooter at all. Uh, then I, mean, I don't know. She just seems like very cheesy, right? So her her primary attack not only uh, does it heal multiple people, it actually goes through heroes. It has piercing damage. So if you have two people and one in front of another, you could just heal both of those people. They're saying that the balancing portion of it is that uh, basically you you have a meter that it runs with, right? So if you run out of the meter, then you're going to run into trouble. Um, but then she also has her, her ability, she has two abilities, which I think have the same cooldown. But the one ability is like this orb that she just tosses into the air, and it goes into a straight line, and it will heal anybody in a certain area of effect. So it's like a healing ball. And then her other one is an orb that s- steals energy from people. But that one bounces off of walls and it also has an area of effect. 
I'm sorry, but a ball that you can toss from anywhere and then bounce off a wall should not have AOE damage. You should be required to act. You should be required to have to hit the person. You know what I'm saying? Like AOE damage, I can see if it was like some type of mortar, maybe it was a grenade she lobbed or something like that, something that required some accuracy so that when it hit the person, you know, or it hit the area, like, it actually takes some effort. She literally could just throw this thing forward and somebody could come around a corner and, like, see it, but then it's just too late and they're already in the area of effect as this thing is moving. This thing has a moving area of effect. Not cool, man. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just not, I'm just not a fan of that. You know, I the, the the reason I'm not completely passing judgment. This is obviously just uh, initial thoughts. Like I need to see how much damage it does. Obviously, in the video, they showed it killing everybody, right? They sh- they definitely showed it killing everybody. So, yeah, like I said, I'm just not, I'm just not 100 happy with it. You know. Do you feel like there was some kind of hole in the meta or some kind of specific niche that they were looking to fill with her? Because her abilities seem very, I guess, because you're saying it's like an area effect and you're bouncing this ball and you can shoot through people. They seem kind of low skill. And I don't, maybe I'm reading it wrong, but it seems like she's intended to be like a low skill healer that can also easily do damage. Was there a lack of like, skilled healers that was the problem that they're like let's just throw a character out there because we can't get mercy right so let's just throw another character out there that people could just like run around shooting a beam and as long as you hit somebody it does something not i mean not really though right like because mercy um first of all mercy is not like some high skill cap hero i mean to be really good at mercy sure yes like you you have you have to have a pretty high skill cap to be really good at mercy um but for the most part, like she's not a super high skill cap hero. Almost anybody can get on mercy and you and heal people. The difficulty comes in staying alive, I guess. So that's when you kind of learn how to zip around and use her abilities and things like that. Um, I'm trying to think other like, okay. Anna in terms of direct heals is probably one of the most like high skill capped healers they have. Uh, Lucio is also not a super high you know, I shouldn't say high skill cap because Lucio does have a high skill cap. So does Mercy. But in terms of basic usage, you don't need to be that great at either character. Does that make sense? I guess. You know, you, they didn't need to make the barrier to entry for healer even lower than it was. They didn't need to do that. Unnecessary. Like, it's just not something that they had to do. And that's part, that's, I guess that's just part of the issue. Like, they, they really need, I, 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 people were asking for supports. I, I will say that people were definitely asking for supports, but I really didn't understand why. Because I'm like, well, you have you have Mercy, you have Lucio, you have Anna, and you have Zingata. All that can heal. That's four healers in the game. Then I mean, Symmetra is also a support, especially now that she can. Well, for a while now, she's been able to um, use her her secondary alt at, to give you shields and stuff like that so that's cool but you know the um they I, I just felt that they had more than enough supports and i was really looking for like another another damage hero another hero that was actually a high skill cap and now that's not what we got we got a healer and that's fine. I don't get me wrong. I, I, I sound like I sound like I'm really upset, but I'm not actually that upset about. it. I'm just a little disappointed that 
uh, well, if you were going to actually get a new healer, get a new um, character, at least make it something worthwhile. I don't think uh, now we have to wait like another four months, basically for a uh, another four months for the next hero because that's they release every four months a hero. Now we got to wait another four months for another hero, and eh, I really don't see myself playing it that much. But we'll see. I said the same thing about Arissa. But I play Arissa a lot. But then I said also said the same thing about Doomfist. And I don't play Doomfist at all. So now speaking of Arissa, the was it the OR fourteens were featured pretty heavily in the Reinhardt cinematic. Yeah, they were actually pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, I now I'll admit I didn't read. There was I guess that one comic or whatever that revealed like Reinhardt and Torbjorn. Did they had some family members or something in there? So I didn't catch up on all that. But I guess. This Reinhardt cinematic, which it was also, I gotta say, it was introduced very well by Darren DePaul. And I actually thought when he came out, I was expecting them to announce like an Overwatch animated series, the way he was getting all hyped. Like they keep doing these great cinematics and, and I'm like, are they going to announce a show? And he was like, and now here's the Reinhardt one. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you both, you and Bob really are pushing for that, that Overwatch animated series. I just don't think yes. that's going to happen. It probably won't. But, well, the problem is that, at least from my perspective, I mean, between Overwatch and WoW and to a lesser extent Diablo and StarCraft, like, when has Blizzard put out a bad cinematic? And if they can put out these cinematics, we get, what, like, five, maybe maybe just under ten minutes of cinematic, maybe, like, twice a year, maybe a little bit more than that? I don't know. It's It feels like, like if they could just put them out on a regular basis it'd be amazing i think the reason they're so amazing is because of how much effort goes behind them clearly yes. how much effort goes behind them i mean the cinematics that come from blizzard are incredible um i mean they're they're second to none at this point i'm trying to think who have really well square has really good cinematics so i mean but still i think blizzard is better to be honest with it, you but you know, Square is a cautionary tale because they had really good cinematics and they're like, hey, let's do a whole movie like that. And it was like, oh, you know what? Nick, I didn't have a problem with either movie. It was it was OK, but it wasn't. The problem is, I think it wasn't quite as good as the cinematics were. And you, you can't sustain that for like two hours. I, I think the problem, and obviously, we're not going to get on tangent about it, but I actually think the problem is that the premise was just too Japanese. We're I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll give you that. We'll move on. <laughs> That's fair. So as far as as far as the Reinhardt cinematic though, I thought it told a great story. I guess it had what was that was Torbjorn's daughter was in there. Yes, that's Torbjorn's daughter. I liked the I liked the old Reinhardt, whoever that guy was. I don't know what his name was, but he was there and and, and then he, you know, he sacrificed himself and Reinhardt was being kind of a dick. And it was it was like you could tell you could tell from like that opening interaction like exactly how everything was going to go and how Reinhardt was going to wind up in Overwatch and all that. But it was still fun to watch it play out. I actually forget his name. I, I feel really bad too, but I forget his name because um, he is Reinhardt's like mentor, master, basically. And um, basically, he the, the Eichenwald map is based on getting that armor back. So you knew that the guy was important to Reinhardt. You just didn't know exactly why, and now you know why. And it's like, oh man, like. Ryan Hart is such a dick. <laughs> we have we have crash tag in the uh, the chat room saying it was Baldrick von Adler. Well, which that is a badass name. 
That's why they gave it to him. <laughs> but yeah, like it, it was totally like you. I was very. I, I I did like the cinematic. Yes. To me, the I mean, I still have a ranking of cinematics when it comes to Overwatch, and the worst cinematic is still the Soldier seventy six one. I'm like, you guys couldn't pull it together for Soldier seventy six. I have to watch that one again. Don't I don't remember. Don't waste your time. I don't remember thinking it was that disappointing. I mean, the Soldier seventy six one was just. It really didn't move me at all. It wasn't even that. It was. It wasn't even interesting. It's not like I'm looking for like super like something that like moved me a lot in these like cinematics. Like I don't. I don't. I don't need to feel. <laughs> you know, I'm not that type of person. Like I. I gotta feel something from these cinematics. Like <laughs> it just. It just wasn't that interesting. Out of all of the cinematics they had, it just was the least interesting one. Unfortunately, do you think it, it would be more interesting in hindsight if it turned out that the little girl was Sombra? Well, she's not because we. Just she's not. She, no, but the, the speculation at the time is, oh, this must be who's, who's going to become Sombra. Yeah, but I, I don't understand why Soldier Seventy Six. I, I never got that speculation because why was was someone who was saved by Soldier Seventy Six become a villain, right? <laughs> but well, is Sombra a villain? Yeah. I mean, she's working with Talon, but like she she does have her own motivations. She does. She does. I I mean, she's still a villain to me, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, we didn't, <laughs> but we also didn't know as much about her back then as we did, as we do now. Very true. So, I mean, so so there 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 was a bit of grasping at straws with that. But I think I think again, people were just so excited for Sombra, and they didn't know they'd have to wait through that ARG in order to get her. Yeah, yeah, I did like it, even though <laughs> every time I see a cinematic where Bastions are shooting at a Reinhardt shield. And that shield lasts for more than like a couple seconds. I'm like, fake. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, there were like three Reinhardt shields like layered on top of each other. Although there were like 10 Bastions shooting at it. So I don't know. I don't know what the math is there. Yeah, no, the Bastions just put out way too much, uh, way too much power, man. Like a, the ba- it- a Bastion, like when you have like a team that's like hiding out behind the shields, Bastion all day, baby. <laughs> Could the cinematic be hinting at a Bastion nerf or a Reinhard buff? Yeah, reaching Nick. <laughs> reaching. Even though, like that OR fourteen that they showed. Oh man, I wish Arissa had a blade like that. I'm like, where's my blade? The one that so were- she used to kill uh, Baldrick, apparently. Yeah, they, it took me a moment to realize, like, I'm like, wait a minute, those things look like Arissa. I'm like, of course those things look like Arissa. And then I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. Well, also, I wonder, I wonder if the the um, the Eichenwald map is going to be updated with OR-15s or OR-14s, sorry. I think it will. I, I mean, I didn't pay much attention to the Overwatch panels to know if they said that for sure, but I think it will. Yeah, because now that they're there, now that's canon, got to have it in. You know, gotta have it in. So, so speaking of other things that are canon, uh, was it Blizzard World? Was the name? Yeah, oh, Blizzard World, the, the the new map, and I'm like, it's it's another payload map, and I'm like, dude, don't get me wrong, because I, 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 you know, I, I I know I sound so ungrateful right now, right? No, I think you just hate fun. <laughs> I hate fun. <laughs> I sound so ungrateful right now, but my thing is like, okay, guys, it's it's year two. You know, we got about got about six months left on year two. You know, six seven months. 
people have been wanting a new game type. This is the same game type they have been playing. You need to introduce a new game type. I'm gonna. I'm fine. I can play that game. I mean, I could, I could play that map with no problem. I like Overwatch the way it is. But people are constantly complaining that there's no new game types, and they don't count three v three. They don't count, um, you know, deathmatch and things like that, because they only count the stuff that uh, they they only count the stuff that they can play in competitive. So they want like, a new competitive map, basically. And they're not getting it, so that, that's that's my only thing about it. That's that's the only complaint that I have about it is that it's a payload. Other than that, I think it's pretty cool. And also, they were talking about it. There's going to be different announcers in every section. Oh, that's insane! That represents each game. So that's amazing. So like, Decker Cade is going to be announcing when you're in like the Diablo section, I or I uh, think so. Like I, I they told they said the name of each person who was going to announce in each section of the game and i was like that's pretty fucking cool yeah who get, who gets the warcraft section that's that's gonna be i don't know i i i suck at overwatch i've played it a few times i've not been very good but i will buy overwatch and i will suck at it just so i can get into this map and then just walk around and get shot repeatedly during these matches <laughs> just so i can be a complete tourist well you're probably bad at it because you don't play it come on you gotta you gotta get it together nick no, but I don't, I'm saying I'm not even going to try to play it. I'm just going to get into the map. Everybody's going to be like, get on the payload. I'll be like, ooh, look at the little griffin ride that goes around. Like, that's all. Okay, then second thought, don't play it because I don't need, no, you, I out I don't need I you out there embarrassing me. <laughs> no, well, I wouldn't. Hopefully, I wouldn't get matched up in your matches. You're probably way better than me. Well, quick I'll play doesn't matter. It actually doesn't matter in quick play. And I'm almost in competitive. Don't get me started. <laughs> so. But yeah, there's just a ton of cool stuff and Easter eggs. Like part of it actually looks like the entrance to Stormwind. And then they got like the Griffin on like a little rail coming out of like where's the Griffin roost is. Like I can't even begin to comprehend. Like, I mean, that's one of those things. Like, I think, I don't know. If I, 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 I just, it's one of those things I assume like every Blizzard fan and somebody's thought about like, what would a World of Warcraft theme park look like? And the fact that they put that in Overwatch, it's frustrating because like I want to go there, but it's not real anyway. So I yeah. mean, for what it's worth, I could just go to actual World of Warcraft in World of Warcraft and get the same kind of like experience of walking through a virtual place. But well, this feels more real. I don't know. If it makes you feel better, there's tons of people who play Overwatch that don't play first person shooters. And they only play because they like Tracer or they like Mercy and they just, you know, they're in there already. I'm pretty sure you get placed up with those people. You guys be running around with a bunch of like chickens with their heads cut off and you'd be so happy together. You know that I get my I suck at this game and I don't play it properly like I get that out of my system when I punch people in Destiny. Oh, really? That's <laughs> that's your go-to. That's my go-to. Mm. So no, that that map looks insanely awesome, and I can only hope that one day we'll see it live. Um, but did you have any other Overwatch comments? I mean, I think most of the stuff that we're going to talk about on the show is a lot of detail. I mean, one thing that I I don't know if I predicted it last year. Or maybe it was early this year, but I said they're going to, at some point, they're going to start doing skins of other games. And that's coming, too, in early 2018. Oh, so, yeah. like, the Immortal Rissa and the Magni Bronzebeard for Torbjorn. 
Oh, I didn't see Magni for Tor- Torbjorn. He was the second one on the list. Oh, no, I only saw the uh, the Doomfist is Blackhand. No, no, yeah, he's the second one on the list. Uh, Magni Bronzebeard oh. for Torbjorn. Uh, Widowmaker gets a Nova skin, which is funny because Nova has a Widowmaker skin in Heroes. So that makes sense, though. Yeah, Blackhand, Doomfist, Barbarian, Zarya, Butcher, Roadhog, Crusader, Reinhardt, and Eco Point Maze. I mean, obviously, those are internals. So you know, that's that that's one thing. But um, no, I mean, like that that's coming. I thought that's cool. They're gonna begin their integration with more characters. I was trying to get Bob to ask, let's see if he can get online to ask a question or get his Q&A question answered about the golden loot boxes because we've seen one golden loot box or I've saw three golden loot boxes because when you tie your account, and for those who play on multiple platforms, I hope you know this, but if you tie your Blizzard account to your PS4 and your Xbox One and your PC, whenever you put those codes in, it goes to all of them so i got three golden loot boxes total but now like we don't see them like why can't they give us golden loot boxes every hundred levels as a reward as a thanks for playing (laughs) you know it's one legendary they can come on tighten the finger grips a little bit here oh loosen sorry my bad (laughs) that's fair but uh well, speaking of bob uh we do have an interview with him so let's go ahead and we'll we'll play that now and then uh when we come back, we'll get into World of Warcraft. So here is my interview with Bob, who was at BlizzCon this year. Hey, it's Nick, and I'm here with Bob from Watchpoint Radio, and I'm very excited for this. I've been looking forward to talking to Bob for a while. So, Bob, you are on site at BlizzCon. It is uh, towards the end of day two here. How are you doing? How are you finding BlizzCon so far? What's up, Nick? Blaze Bob on site at BlizzCon, and it is amazing. Like I can't even begin to describe the plethora of different emotions that are going through me at this time. I, I, I am really in awe. It's my first time here. I'm just, I'm trying to soak it in, but it's impossible to soak it all in. That is cool. So uh, I guess what's been the best thing about BlizzCon? So, I mean, there's so many things that I'm sure are like the best thing, uh, but have you met anybody interesting? Like is, any community involvement that you've been super excited about? Well, you know, I thought I would be extremely excited about the panels, but honestly, I caught like the start of them and not really stayed. And like, I thought, you know, hey, I could get a better seat uh, on the virtual ticket. And it's really paid off because walking uh, walking around, I've gotten to meet, run into and hang out with some awesome people. I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, I was walking back from the hotel and I just, I just, uh, I just made some small talk with a guy, not about Blizzard at all. And, uh, we get, like, we get done talking about what we were eating, what we were initially talking about. And I look at the chat, it's an Overwatch chat. I ask if he likes Overwatch. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm the key manager for Envision. You know, we just got back from, from Apex. My name's Crow. I was like, oh, well, here's my card. My name's Blaze Above. <laughs> but nice. it's just, I mean, it's super, super cool. I got to meet Jake from Team USA. I got to meet Jake's mom and dad, who are some interesting individuals. I got to talk to them, me and Andreas from the Omnic Lab and Melarina from the Cavalry. All sat there and talked to Jake's mom. 
for like 35 minutes, like after Jake had to go. It was, I mean, it was, it's crazy. We talked about the, the, the financials and uh, the, the possibilities of the Overwatch League and how they can protect the players. I mean, it's so something you never would have thought you would have been talking to somebody about at BlizzCon. And I can't even, I mean, I've met some of my podcasting heroes, Pat Crane. I haven't got to meet Scott Johnson. I've walked by him, but he's normally talking to someone, and I don't want to interrupt. And my time has actually been capitalized pretty hardcore because there's so many different people that I want to hang out with. And they're all kind of going to different spots, and I'm trying to get and hang with everybody, and it's just, it's overwhelming in a good way. You were on the Overwatch panel at Con Before the Storm and World of Podcasts. How did that go? I didn't have a chance to listen to that yet. It was my first live panel, and the mics didn't have pop filters, so it was a little rough to talk, but luckily I sat next to DJ Tyrant, Jimmy, from the payload, and he shared his nice mic with me, so that was pretty nice. That's cool. Uh, and I got to get to chat with Chad, man. We got to talk about what we think, you know, Overwatch is going to be, what we thought of the changes to the, the spectator mode. Uh, we got to hang out with and talk afterwards. And it was just, it was neat to be around so many people that, that love the same things that I do and you do. And everybody I've met has been genuinely a nice person. It's so weird. I expected them to be kind of like nice on, you know, on their show, but then kind of not nice in person. Everybody's generally just been a kind person. It's really cool. That is awesome. So uh, being at BlizzCon, uh, have you had a chance to play Moira on the floor yet? I sure have. How was sure she? Have. Interesting, man. Um uh, Really interesting. Like, so, uh, you know how, like, her heel, um, her heel is a deplete, uh, deplete and auto, uh, auto fill, uh, mechanics similar to, like, uh, Doom Fist, uh, uh, primary fire. So she can use a certain, um, um, that it regenerates. Now, if she uses her right click, uh, her secondary, her secondary fire, it does damage, and it actually fills the heal meter. So the more damage you do, the more healing you can put out. Uh, the heal on primary fire is is um, uh, it's one where you hold it, you hold it down, but you have to aim it. Uh, I couldn't really tell if you got healed more if you were more in the center or more on the edges, but it's a good size radius for the heel that you have to aim. Uh, like the circle I would say is about the same as Reaper's spread. So you're not gonna be healing from really far back. Um, but you can send an orb in that's either heal or uh or damage. Uh when you activate E then it gives you the choice primary or secondary to fire. If you hit primary it goes out and heals everybody. You hit uh, if you hit uh, the secondary, it goes out in a ball and, and damages everybody. Then she has this crazy, uh, crazy 
warp mechanics that John tweeted out best. It's been hard to follow Twitter. She's a bit out here, but I did see John's tweet about this is, this is what Reese has been asking for forever. And it really is. I mean, that would have been awesome. I would have given up the uh, jump to higher uh, terrain to just have that much uh, escape power. So uh, it's really cool. You can actually move it during warp. So you could like zig, like zigzag warp. It's hard to explain and it's going to be really hard to master. And then her ultimate is basically just a beam that shoots out of her. It's about about as round as like two meters in game, like um, not radius, but um, a meter radius, uh, two meters diameter. So, and you just aim that, and it heals and damages whoever it goes through. So it was a, it was a little weird, and it was especially weird playing her when you have at least two other people on your team playing her too. So. I did switch over to Reinhardt some because after the opening ceremony, oh. I uh, really felt like playing fucking Reinhardt. Yeah, I I regret not getting you know not I, I don't know I've always had yeah. like lukewarm towards Overwatch, but that Reinhardt cinematic. I mean, I I I, I didn't enjoy playing as him uh, the few times that I have played, and I think I think he may be my new favorite. Uh, where were you for the opening ceremony that you uh, that you got to see that? Uh, the opening, we actually went to the, uh, and they did it in three different spots. So they did it in the hearth, the new area that they just built, and that's all like hearthstone, tavern, and all that. They did it over there. They did it in the main hall, and then they did it in the Overwatch uh, arena, which is where StarCraft was for, for years prior. We were in the Overwatch arena right in front of Jeff. Uh, first row on the second tier nice so we were basically right above him to the left a little bit so so how excited were you when darren DePaul came out and it got everybody pumped everybody stood up and went crazy so as far uh going back to moira for a moment do you see her as having space in the meta then or how do you think she fits into the overall uh, state of the game right now the current meta, I mean, I think it's really hard to say. Like, until until Mercy gets gets put down, yes, I think she could definitely she could definitely swap out with a a Zen Yada in the current twelve meta. She could probably swap out and do some damage, but they're still going to play Zen for a while until you know. Things are worked out and everything. So she was fun to play, but she's got a lot of testing, and she's probably not even close to what she will be when she actually releases. Cool. Um, so at BlizzCon, then, is there anything else that you've seen on the floor? Any statues or any any uh, any anything that Blizzard's had out that that's caught your attention? Anything that you were excited to see there? Yeah, they have like an an Illidan, a Tracer, all like life size almost type uh, statues. I guess a lot of them have been there in years past. I think a new one that I saw was Junkrat. Now I have a picture of me with Junkrat. Nice. <laughs> so overall then, I mean, you're you're enjoying yourself. This is something you definitely look forward to doing again, going back to BlizzCon? Oh yeah. But the one slight change. 
I'm two two blocks from the convention hall. No way I'm staying any place but the Hilton or the Marriott next year. <laughs> period. I've heard that's pricey. And it was not, yeah. But if you factor in the 150 more to just move over to there whenever I, I book my room, if you receive the drink prizes here, to be able to just go up to your room and just get a drink, you and whoever you came with would save so much money. It would out, it, it would definitely. It would definitely be worth the change as long as you had a couple other people to stay with you. I don't think just me and Mel could stay in a room, but four people, I think it could. I think it's definitely worth it. So you were hanging out at the uh, the Hilton lobby bar a lot then. Yep. Yeah, and I've got to meet so many of my heroes. I've got to meet bro. I've got to meet uh, Garrett and Jocelyn Moffat from the Angry Chicken and. Uh, unfortunately, Bill wasn't here. Uh, he had to do his golf uh, challenge, so he couldn't take it this year. But I mean, it's so hard to even think. I've just gotten to meet uh, Cuddles, who I really like to watch stream. Uh, he also does the game case show, but he's just a generally fun dude. Uh, I've gotten to meet some Blizzard Riders. Uh, I got to meet IDB2D. Got to meet Lucio OO. Uh, I actually ran into him at the Marriott bar. And that's, uh, that he's just a generally nice, cool dude, man. It's just, everybody I've run into has been really neat. Well, that is awesome. I'm going to let you get back to going and meeting everybody because I'm insanely jealous that you get to do that. So thank you. Thank you for your time. Enjoy the rest of BlizzCon and, and uh, have a great day, Bob. All right, man. Thank you, Nick. All right, so we are back. Thank you, Bob, for that interview. Thank you for taking time out of your amazing uh, trip at BlizzCon there because uh, it's pretty amazing, and uh, I'm, I'm jealous that you're there and I'm not. So moving on, uh, our final game, well, Blizzard's final game, as it was that they talked about, uh, was World of Warcraft. Uh, so we have, uh, we're, we're, so let's, uh, let's get into that here. They announced Battle for Azeroth, and they showed a cinematic. How hyped are you guys? I'm going to tell you how hyped they are. I'm going to tell you how hyped I am. And I don't play oh, World of Warcraft. Oh, shit. Okay? Oh, shit. We got Jared coming in here. Oh, man. It was the best cinematic of the show. It was the best yes. cinematic of the show. It was probably, it's, I don't want to say it's the best cinematic they've ever done, but still, like, it was amazing. I mean, okay, what's, what's in competition with it? I, I, only themselves, <laughs> obviously. But it was like, it came to the part where she, you know, she was like, for the horde. I'm like, yeah, for the horde. And then yes. he was like, for the alliance. I'm like, yeah, for the alliance. <laughs> I don't play Warcraft, and I'm getting like super hyped over this. And then like, I was like, man, maybe I should play. And I'm just kind of like, oh, that's right. It's not like that anymore. <laughs> because when I played Warcraft like, as an RTS, you you got more of those feelings with those big battles with a bunch of units coming together and fighting each other. But even in World of Warcraft, it's just it's just not the same. But still, I'm, well, I'm still hyped up. Sorry. They are bringing in uh, Warfronts, which are supposed to be, I think, like 20 versus 20 uh, faction conflict where you're going to be basically like playing as characters in the RTS. You're going to be gathering resources, building the buildings. They actually showed the uh, they actually showed the the building progression from Warcraft 3. 
and they're trying to mimic that as best they can in the game. So you'll be actually like building the the buildings from Warcraft three in the progression that you would have to then get more units to fight alongside you to run out and, and, and get into battle. So maybe this is the time. Maybe this is what will bring you back. If they do that, <laughs> if it's hype, I might actually come back and do it. Like, okay, guys, this is super serial now. <laughs> I cannot wait. I cannot wait until a year from now. I have to announce that you will no longer be on WoW Talk because you hate the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it was, I, I, I'm going to let you guys talk about it, you know, <laughs> but still, like, I was just super hyped. I was like, this looks amazing but go ahead i'm sorry yes yes so 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 right eric what did you guys think of this cinematic and how how much does it make all their other cinematics look terrible <laughs> it was great i loved it uh i think ray liked it more than i did because she's got a crush on anduin <laughs> with the, i'm sorry for, <laughs> i think oh, no, like every the... every like post i've talked to people is like i just sneak his picture in there I'm like look look at his face <laughs> <laughs> keeps throwing it everywhere Look at his handsome face. (laughs) I think we should point out that for those who aren't in the chat room, that uh, Ray's avatar, since her her camera's not working, is Anduin from the cinematic. (laughs) Oh, shit. My my part's coming up on the stream right now. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. There she goes. I've said that, I mean, as Horde, uh, you know, like under Garrosh, and again, here with Sylvanas, like we get these war chiefs who are extremely martial, but they're, they're personally, it's like, yeah, I wouldn't really have voted for them. And like, this is the moment for me, like when Sylvanas became my war chief, where <laughs> it's like, before I was like, oh, like, you know, they're like, oh, Battle for Azeroth, Alliance versus Horde faction, you're getting all into it. I'm like, oh, great. So like, I have to go like fight for Sylvanas. Okay, whatever. I'll do that. But now I'm like, no way. I will fight for Sylvanas. Like, you know, <laughs> you get your hands off her. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I am. I am all in on this. And. I will be yelling like for the horde, like for the next two years solidly. Like it's just, (laughs) they, they, like, I mean, it's amazing because like, they're so good at their cinematics and yet it's not even that they managed to top themselves, but like, I mean, you know, cause like coming out of Legion, we're like, okay, you know, we're fighting the Legion and you know, we're, we're all working together. Even if like our faction leaders are not doing something else. Well, this is what our faction leaders are doing, but for them to kind of take that and it's like, hey, you know, like we're all hanging out on the Vindicar. There's Alliance and Horde there together. Everything's cool. And then it's like, no, no, everything's not cool. And they like managed to take that and like it like what the, the cinematics like what? Four minutes within mm-hmm. the span of four minutes. You're like, oh, all these people that are OK, they're not OK anymore. I'm going to kill them. Like they really <laughs> they really know how to just do that and just just pull out your, your strings. And that cinematic, it's I mean, it's it's up on the stream right now and I can't. I can't take my eyes off it because it's just mm-hmm. fucking <laughs> so good. Just so good. Oh. Yeah. And, 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 I mean, you didn't even just look at it. You got Anduin calling down the light on everybody, and there's like it's just this like a golden, like just 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 gold beams just shooting down from the sky. It's beautiful. Fucking mass res. Yeah. It's a mass res. Yes. In combat, because he can do that. It's I I mean I th- I think games like Warcraft and StarCraft have an advantage. Uh, when it comes to cinematics because of their set pieces, right? Like, you don't have set pieces like this in Overwatch. I mean, technically you do. You can always show, like, a battlefield of Omics and stuff like that, but they haven't taken advantage of it yet, you know? Same thing with, like, 
Diablo and Hearthstone is pretty much a joke. Uh, it's not a joke of a game, but the, the concept of it is like, you know, it's not super serious. And when it comes to heroes of the storm, it's also a mishmash, but both Warcraft and Starcraft, like one of my favorite cinematics ever. And I think this tops it is the opening cinematic to, did you just throw your cat? Yes, yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, because that was really distracting. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, about that. well, yeah, because he was being really distracting. So, so okay, I'm back on topic, but it's one of my favorite cinematics <laughs> of all time, and this finally topped it was the opening cinematic for Heart of the Swarm. Because when you play StarCraft, you know, you make these massive Zerg forces, you overrun Terran bases and stuff like that, and you see that from a top-down view, and it's awesome. But then when you watch the opening cinematic for Heart of the Swarm, you just see the swarm in full blizzard glory demolishing the city and bringing down, uh, at the end of the cinematic, cinematic, they bring down a, um, oh my god. Hydralisk? No, no, they bring Hydralisk? No, no, they don't bring down Hydros. They bring down the Terran ship. Why cannot I not remember? The battle cruiser. They bring down a battle cruiser. So in the game, battle cruisers are big, right? But in the cinematic, the battle cruiser is as big as a fucking city. And they bring it down and it crashes into a city in the ground. I'm like, this is fantastic. And like I said, those gate because they have those massive battle set pieces, they can do that. And I think Overwatch can do it. But they don't take advantage of it. Overwatch doesn't take advantage of their story. Like, they're too busy trying to tug at your heartstrings to make a, a, a an insane cinematic like we just saw for Warcraft. Well, I think, I mean, one, I think this is the first time that over, or that Warcraft has really used that, like, shown that scale of battle in a cinematic like this. Um, I mean, they've done it before in the, like, the in-game cinematics, but the actual, like, pre-rendered cinematic that the, you know, the intro uh, expansion uh, cinematics, this is the first time that's done that. In World um, of Warcraft. But, but what, what, what they've done, I think, what they did here incredibly well is they made it about three, you know, four characters. They made it about four characters in the middle of this battle. And you could even, I guess, kind of include, because I mean, because you had uh, Sylvanas and Anduin, but then you also had Gen and Sorfang. And then you also had, there was like that Zandalari troll. And then the, uh, the one like Draenei Lightforge that each got, each got just a brief moment to shine because they're going to be the allied races in the expansion. So like they they did an amazing job of highlighting those characters giving each of those characters sort of an arc through the expand through through the cinematic in the middle of this massive battle where everything's going on and then you know they highlight the the allied races and it just it, it this felt like the culmination of years like all the years of practice that they've had making cinematics because you go back you go back and you look at the original Warcraft cinematic and you go back and you look at the original uh the Burning Crusade cinematic where that was where, you know, like the cinematics back then it was, okay, we're just going to show some random clips of, of characters, random characters just running around doing stuff using spells. And, you know, it was with the Burning Crusade where they started to take the shift into the more narrative approach because they had the Illidan story that they put in there. And 
since then, the, the cinematics have gotten more and more narrative as they've gone. And this one, it felt like they were like, oh, no, we're still going to show characters kind of doing random stuff. But because it's in the context of this massive battle, it makes complete sense. It, it affects the characters that you're following. You know, Gen gets hit. Sorfang gets hit with arrows, but they get back up. You know, Anduin uses his power. You know, Sylvanas goes full Banshee on everybody. It was just, just phenomenal. Just phenomenal. And I can't believe, I still cannot believe they gave us that cinematic before we've even seen the end of Legion that, you know, we're going to get some amazing stuff with, you know, with, with, with Sargeras, who has been the ultimate big bad of Warcraft lore since, you know, for what, almost 20 years since Warcraft three, at least that for, for, for such a major character to finally be, you know, interacting with characters in the game here. And nobody cares about that anymore. They announced that the Antorus raid is going to be dropping on November 28th, but they announced that like to some guy on Twitter who put it out and then it had to get verified by other people. They never actually mentioned that in any of their panels because nobody thought to bring that up because everybody is so amazed by the new expansion. It's like, forget this thing, forget this thing, which is only the culmination of 20 years of lore. Forget about that because Sylvanas just became a banshee. (laughs) So, I mean, hats off to the WoW team. They did an amazing job. And, and yeah, that cinematic, uh, I'm still I'm still just floored and, and flabbergasted by it. It's amazing. In one cinematic, they just proved me, like, wrong. When we were talking about what we were talking on Church of Java, I was like, ah, expansions don't bring people back to games. That's why I got to make another game. That's what they do with Destiny 2. That's what I said on Church of Java. I like, own oh, number yes. two, guys. Well, and now I'm wrong. On my own podcast. (laughs) I want to get get back to what you did because in a way you were right. Because they have done WoW 2. Okay. And what I'm saying is that we are in WoW 2 now. And I know that because they're bringing back WoW 1. Yeah. Mm -hmm, yeah. (laughs) So I thought this was great. They had J. Allen Brack come out. He of the famous, you think you want them, but you don't comment about vanilla servers. And he comes out and he, he intro, intros the or he, before he even intros the expansion. He's like, I want to talk about ice cream. And as soon as he said that, like, I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't bring <laughs> J. Allen Brack out to, to if, if you're not going to do something with this. And lo and behold, he announced classic servers. <laughs> so how how do we feel about uh, being able to go back in time? I'm excited. Yeah. I never played in vanilla. Actually, I, I started in the, in the Burning Crusade. You- so I never got to experience vanilla and it's. In all of the, the, everybody reminisces about it like it was the greatest thing ever. So I don't know. I guess I'd like to try and find you out. You don't want to play vanilla. Vanilla <laughs> made me quit. Thank you, Brack. <laughs> I don't <laughs> play Warcraft now because of vanilla Warcraft. That's what, that's what Jer said. He said it was terrible, but everybody remembers it like it was great because me, of the memories let me tell associated. You a story. Let me tell you and everybody else who listens to WoW talk a story who never played vanilla Warcraft about the moment. The moment, I remember the moment I quit Warcraft, okay? <laughs> it's Saturday. It's 3 a.m. I have been in Ironforge for an hour making bullets. <laughs> That's all I was doing was smelting bullets in Ironforge for my hunter. And the clock hit 3 o'clock, and I was like, yeah, I think I'm done. And then I shut the game off, and I never played it again. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. <laughs> the good news is that if you do come back, 
You don't have to make bullets anymore. Yeah, I know. That, I do. Somebody <laughs> told me that they they took that away. But yeah, go back to no. that in Vanilla Warcraft, where <laughs> you have to like, like you have to be, you know, make your own bullets, and you have to make enough to be out there in the wild for you know a, a good period of time. No, <laughs> yes, it was not. And you have to. Yeah, oh, yeah, you have to yeah, keep yeah. enough food on you to, pe- yeah, because otherwise your pets get to run away. Yes, exactly. And you can only have like <laughs> two pets, and you got to keep getting rid of one because you got to learn these other skills to level up your main pet. Yeah, <laughs> and then having to run all over the place just to catch a flight someplace. Yes. <laughs> no, no. And no mounts because mounts were insanely impossible to get. You needed to have a ton Sorry. of money, and it took yeah. forever to get it. And uh, you didn't even get them till level sixty. Yeah, so. you know what I had to do for a mount. There was lots of topless dancing and Iron Forge going on on my hunter. I was going to say, you say that like, you know what I had to do to get some crack? But no, that actually turned out like, you know what I had to do to get some crack? That was impressive. <laughs> That's vanilla wow, folks. You just shake yeah. it. It's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I still think I'm, I'm going to spend 95% of my time on you know current wow, but I'd like to at least go on to make a character on one of those just to kind of see it. I feel like, oh, okay. you're gonna like try to hoof it and be like, I can't get him out till forty. Yeah, goodbye. I'll play, I'll play really fifteen minutes and be like, oh, this is bullshit, and I'll quit. Yeah, I think. Well, I, I think a lot. I mean, of, I think. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, I think it's just a lot of it's just because you know, back in the day, like when you played like any game, it was all about your imagination and enjoying the game and stuff like that, and it you know have people reminiscing about that and then playing what they play now, and then going back there and be like, what the fuck? I mean, I do that with old games at, at, right now. I'm just like, let me go play this. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I still haven't beat Chain of Memories. Fuck you, Axel. I'm stuck. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure if I go back, I'm just shut it off again. <laughs> That's a good point. Because I, well, actually, I, I have that. I have the same. I have, like, the HD version for the PS4 of Chain of Memories. And I'm like, man, this game was awesome on the Game Boy. But, uh, yeah, I think I just don't have enough time to really dig into this anymore. Because it's fucking, it's not easy. <laughs> it is the opposite yeah. of easy. <laughs> no, but no. The, the only appeal it's going to have is, at least from from my perspective, is like I don't remember what old Orgrimmar was like, and I want to go back and like check that out and be like, oh yeah, this is what Orgrimmar was like. All I remember about it is I used to on Brewfest, I'd get lost having to do that stupid quest where you ran all around the different valleys, and like I like old Orgrimmar, or I like new Orgrimmar, I'm fine with new Orgrimmar, but I wouldn't mind going back and visiting old Orgrimmar. Or to go back and run down the gold road all the way down to uh, the, uh, the th- th- not thousand, uh, thousand, thousand needles, where the, they had the elevators there. Just run down the gold road, go into Mulgore, just, just to, to see those again. But that's not going to be enough for me to you know be sustained as far as playing for any length of time. I'm not going to... I mean, it'll be fun to be like, oh, I'll make a hunter and I'll have him dual wield axes because that was cool back then. But it's not going to be a viable gameplay mechanic or anything. Um, And the what I think is really going to be interesting about the classic servers, and this was brought up during the Q&A, is there were changes that they made during vanilla. And I mean, obviously, like they're going to fix the bugs and the stability issues. They don't want there's no need to replicate those. But the example that Brack gave was uh, Ubers that. It was a 10-man and a 5-man. Well, which version are they going to do? Because it was both of those at varying points. So... I gotta be honest. I think if you go back to visit uh, Classic just to get some nostalgia, it probably won't be the right nostalgia. 
You'll probably remember how much time you had because you're probably single at the time, especially being Horde. <laughs> because I don't know how people played Horde. Like I, I, had, I started a Horde character. You were like in the Barons. That was like the Barons, right? You were in the Barons forever, and it was yes. all brown and green, like Super yeah. Mario World. But you know, being stuck in the you, first you know Super Mario World for like you know a hundred hours, like it was terrible. You know when I quit WoW the first time. Word. Because I couldn't leave the damn barons. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm still here. I'm kind of tired of this. I'm out. Yeah. That, that was one of the reasons. Because, like, you know, I played Alliance when I played. And a lot of my, when I, not a lot of my friends, a few of my better friends played Horde. And they're always trying to get me to play Horde. And I would start a character. And I'm just like, dude, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> we're not going anywhere and it's driving me nuts at least when i play like like a night elf or something like that i would go from place to place to place but as the with the horde man like i yeah i i just yeah. don't think you uh you're gonna have the nostalgia you might be looking for well i think <laughs> no I, there are people who want that nostalgia they they want to be trapped in the barrens forever and they they want to craft their own ammo and they, they want all that but i don't know how large of a community that is. I mean, and, and it may, I mean, it may be enough to, I'd guess, sustain at least one or two servers at least. I know it's going to be one of those things where like when it opens, everybody's going to be over there. Like, you just know, like it out, maybe exactly just to check it out. It's what's going to be interesting is, you know, two months, four months, six months down the line, who's still there. Who's actually going to stay around long enough to make it to max level. Maybe Because maybe you don't, you don't get to, you don't get to 60 as quickly as you do now. Right. That's a, that's a grind. Yes. And you know, if you have the time to put that in and be playing eight hours a day and live that life, a- God bless you. But I can't imagine if you had the time to live that life 13 years ago and you still have the time to live that life now, wrong. you really need to look in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> because I had a system. I, I was able to level once every six hours. That's that. I had a system going once every six hours and the game didn't start until you got to 60. like it was a yeah yeah, i i could i i do not remember vanilla warcraft fondly (laughs) i don't and i had the same issues that i have now in gaming where you go and you play and i'm like well you know i'm playing some pvp i play pvp and then you get stuck with idiots in the battlegrounds it's like why are you even here (laughs) vanilla vanilla didn't have battlegrounds there's no battlegrounds in this. No, I, the I only said, PvP I said is world PvP. I, I meant to say, uh, well, no, no, they had um, they had they BGs. Have yeah, yeah, they had BGs. Yeah, they had uh, I thought, Alterac I, I, I Valley. Thought, uh, they had. Uh, you know, it, this might be one of those things. I think they introduced those things in a later patch, so it might be. It might depend which patch they go by. But at launch, the only PvP was world PvP, and you had to play. That's why Crossroads was so big. That's why Terran Mill versus South Shore was so big, because. There was a lot of a lot of quest, you know, because that's where the only place people could fight. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, well, Stranglethorn. I remember that being a big ganking <laughs> spot. See, that oh, yeah. that showed that I didn't have a lot of time because I would just sit there invisible and wait for people to come by. I was like, yeah, that guy's gonna die. I'm, I'm having a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> I was that guy. <laughs> so yeah, but I don't know. Like, I don't think I I think that they know that it won't last that long right and it's got to it's going to last it's going to have to last long enough for them to justify the effort because they said it's going to take a while for them to get this going 
Yeah, I mean, I I just don't I just don't see people sticking with it for that long. If that's the case, I mean, you could have just let those other groups have their own vanilla servers, you know. I think I think that what they've seen is like you said, like the expansion to bring everybody back. And I think they're a little bit tired of seeing the sub numbers going down later into an expansion. And kind of like how I mentioned, everybody's super hyped for Battle of Azeroth, even though like a massive climax is coming in Legion and nobody like that's been wiped from everybody's mind. I think that for as good as Legion has been, I think the numbers have gotten low enough that they're worried. And that's why they're doing this, because this is not something they come to lightly. When we talked about WoW 2 on the Church of Jaw, my argument was they don't want to split the player base. This splits the player base. That is true. It does have, and it does not in half, obviously. No, but it, it's it, it's still it's still a split. It does. And I guess you could argue to a degree like, oh, well, we've already split the player base between PvP servers and PvE servers and RP servers and everything like that. But it's not the same. It's not the same. Like, this is fundamentally an entirely different game. Even, even it's the same branding, technically the same game, just from a different time period. But it is fundamentally a different game that they are offering up as a competitor to themselves. And even though the same subscription pays for it. It's going. It, it it's going to fracture the communities. It's yeah, it's very. You have millions of people playing Warcraft. Like, what's the numbers at right now? Right. Is it seven million? We well, we don't know. We all we know is that it was it was around it was about ten million at the launch of Legion, and it's gone down since then. And my concern, because the other thing that you got to look at too is Final Fantasy was it fourteen? Yeah. Yep. Is doing very well. Yeah, they had a great it's expansion. The, and- this is like the first real mmo to actually that could theoretically if we had numbers for wow it's entirely possible that final fantasy could be doing better than wow right now even if warcraft has even if world of warcraft has five million people playing it five million active people playing it and one-fifth of that went to go play vanilla that's four million people active on your servers i think they're gonna be fine again oh no they'll be fine but I think what I'm saying, they'll be fine. But what I'm saying is that I think the numbers like they're they had very valid reasons for not wanting to do this. And I think the numbers finally crossed whatever threshold they were like, you know, basically, this is the break glass in case of emergency right. kind of situation. <laughs> like they're like, it's an emergency. We're going to break the glass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously, they want to keep those profit margins, right? Yes. Uh, I think actually before you see any negative uh, negative impact on WoW you'd actually see negative impact on other games beforehand because the money that wow makes does pay for stuff like the development of overwatch or the development of whatever other game they're making right now. Are you sure that at this point, the money that overwatch makes doesn't pay for the development of overwatch? (laughs) Well, here's the thing about, because those loot boxes are not cheap. No, they're not. I mean, I've paid for the game several times over, but I'm quite certain that the money that Warcraft makes even today dwarfs, what work what overwatch is making the overwatch team for a, if if the overwatch team was if overwatch was making that much money right i think they would have inc- improved not improved but in lar- made the team larger because the team is still sitting at about 100 people or something like that and they would have had a larger team of people so that they can make more content because the game is doing so well and it really feels like they've kind of toned it down a little bit with overwatch i mean we just had two events that repeated. It was the first time we had repeat events. It didn't bring people back the way they would have thought, but they didn't really make any changes to it either. Um, so like that, 
and on top of that, they always talk about when it comes to toxicity, like, okay, well, when you guys are being toxic and we have to handle these um, these toxicity issues, that keeps us from developing stuff. That tells me that th- your team is actually pretty small. And if Overwatch was making that much money, they would have a dedicated team for the, for toxicity. They'd have a dedicated team that's taking care of all that. They'd have a dedicated right, team. Right, but look, look at how long... Go ahead. Look at how long it took them to grow the WoW team for as long as the WoW team was... You know, like the thing. I mean, it, it took them a while to, to even get caught up to the demand that was there for the game. And just now, I think we're finally seeing that the WoW team is actually at the right size where they can consistently put out content on a regular basis without any significant delay at the end of an expansion. I mean, we'll, you know, fingers crossed, we'll see when Battle for Azeroth launches. But at this point, like, it seems like, you know, they've, they've had a steady content all throughout. Uh, all throughout Legion and, you know, fingers crossed, you know, we won't see a year gap, you know, between Antorus and the next thing. So if it took them that long to get wow, kind of in, under control, I, you know, Overwatch is only two years old. That's a, that's a baby. That's a newborn baby by Blizzard standards. I mean, they're still changing the diapers on that thing. Okay. I mean, I, you do make a good point, but I still think like the, like when you have their new games in development, uh, you know, that's mostly Warcraft. Because the thing about Blizzard is they don't have a lot of employee churn. What happens at most studios is when a project is done, people leave, they may bring some other people in to handle other parts of it, and that's kind of it. But when it comes to Blizzard, it's like, okay, well, this team finished this game. Let's have them develop another game. I mean, when they actually, during the Overwatch, um, was it the Overwatch Archive? Yeah, I think it was the Overwatch Archive panel, at BlizzCon, Jeff Kaplan was talking about, you know, obviously Titan failed. So instead of destroying that team or firing those people or reassigning them to other games, they took that team that had just had a game that failed and said, okay, you have six weeks to show us what, to show us a new game, right? And it wasn't like a do or die ultimatum. They, they would have still had their jobs on top of that. They would still have their jobs if they didn't make anything, Right. But it was kind of like, okay, well, we'll give you guys six weeks to come up with something. You don't do that if you're a regular developer or regular publisher. No. You got like fuck you money at that point. Like that, that's like they, that's how much money that Blizzard is making, and most of that oh. is Warcraft. Well, no, I mean, straight up, Blizzard is not a regular developer because somebody pointed out. Uh, I forget one of the developers, and I forget who it was. Uh, but he tweeted this out. He was talking to one of the uh, the people who worked at the Anaheim Convention Center. And they said, you know, we see people come here. We've seen Comic-Cons. We see all kinds of conventions. Like the stuff that we see conventions for are like field defining, like Comic-Con. That's how many different companies coming to shell their wares. Like, you know, we see stuff like that and they're massive. You guys are here. You're one company with five games and you get this massive of a reception. That is mind blowing. So Blizzard, by any metric, is not like any other developer. They Their community is amazing. They're amazing. And this is all, I mean, they're consistently able to just drive revenue up. The one thing I was trying to look for while you were talking about Overwatch, because uh, the uh, the quarterly financials for Activision Blizzard came out right before BlizzCon, uh, Overwatch is up to 35 million registered players. So they don't they didn't say how much money they're making off that. But if Overwatch isn't driving in money hand over fist, I don't know what would. You can't trust that number. 35 million includes all the test players too so free weekend players oh, like that you no know, you're, you're right that's not, that number doesn't that number is not like accurate you know that number doesn't say exactly how much they're making but if they have 35 million active users 
like at the end of the day, they have to be getting a lot of money off loot boxes. And I, I don't know the exact correlation, but you can't have 35 million users and not be making money. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. They do make money. I mean, just me alone. Like, I did. Calc- I'm not going to talk about the number because it's a little embarrassing, but I, I did buy Overwatch. Let's just say I bought Overwatch over 10 times last year. okay that's how that's how much money i spent over what that includes buying the games and loot boxes all right and i already told you i have it on at least three accounts so you do you put the math together okay (laughs) but uh, yeah i i bought a lot of loot boxes and the thing is i don't mind it because you know the funny thing is when i buy loot boxes it's not because i just want these I, I gotta have the scans. It's not like a gambling thing for me. So originally, I started buying loot boxes because I'm like, well, I want to figure out what the actual drop rate rate was because we were doing it for the show. So I actually figured out the drop rate, and like a oh, week man. later, they announced the drop rate. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch! You <laughs> <laughs> probably use your research, but then now it's kind of like when I do buy loot boxes, it's because I want to support the game. You know, like instead of buying $50 loot box, $40 loot box, I may buy a $10 one maybe for an event, maybe a $20 one, get some loot boxes. Um, but like, I don't, I, I do want to support the game because if you don't buy loot boxes, like if you go on like a loot box strike and nobody starts buying loot boxes or you tell people not to buy loot boxes, then we're going to run into other problems with Overwatch where they are charging for characters, where they are charging for maps, they are charging for expansions, and then the game will die. <laughs> so don't want that. I think, I, I think just like I said, like, you know, I think the numbers crossed the threshold for a while where they're like boom classic servers. I think the same thing. Oh, they know what numbers that they need to cross for Overwatch when they're not making enough money that they'll start charging for those services. They know, I think they know where their model is and, and where to go in, in certain situations. So um, I think that they have a hard enough time getting people to come back to the game as it is. If they actually start charging for expansions or characters or maps, it's over. Done. No, at that point, you're not trying to bring people back. At that point, you're just trying to get milk who's left. Right, yeah. And that's what I think at that point, it would just kind of go away. You know, it wouldn't really, you know, when people, yeah, it, it just wouldn't work out for them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. The things that will work out are the uh, features in Battle for Azeroth. So we're getting, we're going to Kulturas. We're going to Xandalar Isle. We're going. Uh, we're going to get allied races: the High Mountain Torin, the the Lightforged Draenei, the the Dark Iron Dwarves, the Zandalar uh, trolls, uh, the Void Elves, and the Nightborn. Um, and then there's also going to be plenty of other features like war fronts and the island uh, island expeditions. What what uh, what features for uh, Battle for Azeroth that were announced? Did you guys like? I like the cinematic. <laughs> go, back to the cinematic. go ahead I, i'm gonna let you finish <laughs> go for it Do we call you, start calling you johnny now just cutting us off uh, <laughs> go for it nobody was saying anything <laughs> eric was thinking i could clearly see eric thinking <laughs> i can't see you think right now i just see andor i was gonna let ray jump up oh well i i was gonna i didn't know when to cut in because you guys were like super serial about the whole the subs and all that stuff which i think i mean i think there's gonna be i agree there's gonna be like a short of time where people are gonna be going back and checking out and playing it but i mean you know how about all those people who said oh if wow put it back i'd come back and play the game so i mean it's really looking at how many of those people actually 
come back and play the game, right? But um, mm-hmm. as as for everything else, like there's just so much going on. I mean, it's like I think I was more overwhelmed by like my friends, like some of the coworkers talking to me. It's like it's like Ray, y'all are trying to get me to come back and play, and now I have to be Alliance. That Void Elf though, and I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> so it's just you know, it's just fun just seeing people. Like, oh no, I, I might have to come back and play. I don't know. I'm just excited to do everything and probably watch a cinematic like 6,000 times in a row. You know, because it's just really fun to watch. <laughs> I'm a priest. I can't help it. It's just cool. You know, I want to look that epic while I'm fucking mass-resing people instead of just being sad because I have to mass-res people. <laughs> You're an alliance priest, so of course you think it's cool. Well, you know, if the Horde didn't cool. have any... <laughs> You know, if if, if your if your guys' faction didn't have like people missing jaws and kind of were like hideous looking, I I guess I'd be happy for them too. It's a fantasy game, and I I like to be aesthetically pleased by looking at things in game. You know what I mean? That's jawist. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So Eric, what features are you oh, looking forward to? I just I always love having new areas to explore, and where they add like a continent that was hidden all along. Kind of like what they did with Pandaria, where they're like, "Oh, there was a there was a island there. You had no idea." Um, I just I love the the quest lines and exploring all the new cool stuff. I think as far as features, there was um, island expedition sound really cool. You get to pair up with a group and race against uh, artificial intelligence NPCs. That kind of sounds fun too. I don't know if they're actually going to have a difficulty called Sneaky Pete, like they said they were going to, but. I thought that'd be kind of cool. Well, what what I thought was interesting about that is they're actually taking the the uh, AI that they use in Overwatch, that they're going to be applying that to the uh, the WoW NPCs, so that they'll actually act more like other player characters as opposed to just the generic mobs that kind of just path and then just react to anything within their path. <laughs> then do you think do you think if you uh, if you messed with them and griefed them enough, you'd get it to just disappear like it logged off? <laughs> <laughs> No, if anything, it'll probably a different character will show up that's higher level, <laughs> and then it'll friends. just stomp you. <laughs> oh, we'll just go in there and stun lock and sap. I just uh, mess yeah. with him until he gets so frustrated he disappears. <laughs> oh God, fucking Dark Moon Fair! God damn it! Oh, <laughs> uh, there's. I mean, there, there's. Uh, it, it's it's interesting to see how they're developing everything. I think we. I'm going to say we called it. In that uh, way back, or way back before Legion launched, we talked about uh, what was going to replace the artifact weapon, and I think I said it was a bracer that they were going to basically do like an artifact bracer. Um, instead, this time they're kind of doing an artifact necklace that also empowers your helmet and your shoulders, and I think one other your gloves. I think it was. Yeah, there's a couple so, of pieces. Yeah, there were a couple of pieces there. So I'm going to say we called it that they were just going to take the same system and apply it to a different slot. Mm-hmm. I think what they're doing with it looks good. Whereas now, I guess even though the artifact weapon system was awesome, I, I always I felt like we were missing something because I, I love getting weapon upgrades in, in dungeons and raids. So like, yeah, I mean, even though I had the sweet, I had the sweet axe as a as a blood death knight that was awesome, but like at the same time, there's like, oh, there's a sword I want to get or something or. That was just missing this whole expansion. So I'm kind of excited that they're going to be going back to that and then rolling in this artifact upgrade system into uh, just like a one single piece that you don't have to sacrifice another piece of gear for. Yeah. 
no, it'll, it's, uh, I, I, I just worry that because they have to change the systems, every expansion, like at some point they're going to hit the exact right way. The systems should be done. And then just for changes sake, the next expansion, they're going to just completely change it again. <laughs> yeah. And like, and maybe, I guess maybe that's how everybody feels in vanilla. Like, no, the systems are perfect in vanilla and every change since then has made it worse. That's why we need classic servers, <laughs> but I'm going to be holding out. I'm going to be holding out for Legion servers in like 13 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people that, that think that the vanilla was, Oh, that was the greatest. Wow. But I, I've talked to a lot of people that played in vanilla, like Jarrett, for example, yes. or anybody else that said that it was not great at all. You got to talk to the people who quit, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Reddit is hilarious because the WoW subreddit prior to, you know, two, three days ago, anytime anybody mentioned vanilla servers, all it was was an outpouring of, I want vanilla servers, I want vanilla servers. They made the announcement. Those people have shut up. And now it's just everybody like vanilla is going to suck. You guys don't know what you're getting. It's going to be terrible. Here's a list of why it's going to be terrible. And so it's just, it's just funny that it's like the people that are the people that are, I guess, most dissatisfied are the ones who always post and the people who are content and happy. They don't post because they're just rolling around on their back like a dog bitten scratch. They're just so happy. And I mean, yeah, I mean, vanilla servers are going to be fun to check out. I'm not going to spend all my time there. I, did that and, and you know i mm-hmm. I'm, i've moved on i think you're I mean, a hipster I, I, and you did it before it was cool pretty much okay. <laughs> well, no, i guess it was, it was cool back then the game was selling out back then uh one of the panels uh kaplan was telling a story how there was a uh a shipment of uh the uh the game that the because all the blizzard employees were supposed to get a copy of the game and then a collector's edition of the game and so there's a shipment on its way to blizzard of the game and and uh you know collector's edition regular for the blizzard employees that had to be rerouted to a store because the stores were running out of copies (laughs) so the blizzard employees didn't even get their copy of the game but uh, no it's uh it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I know we've got a long way till classic. It's gonna be like two or three years. So I'm not too, I'm not too worried about that. We'll see how things are going at that point. But I mean, yeah, everything about this expansion at this point looks fascinating. We know that Teldrassil is getting burned, and then it looks like the Horde is gonna lose Undercity. <laughs> so I mean, there's gonna be some massive changes just to the the layout of the map. Uh, and then the other thing too is that it's not going to affect the lower. It's not going to affect the lower uh, zones because uh, they said like you won't see these changes until you hit max level. So they're implementing some kind of phasing system going on here. But they also said as far as the leveling experience, and we're actually going to get this in seven point three point five, not eight point zero. So this is coming uh, sooner than we think. They're changing the scaling on some of the early zones. Uh, I think they said that. Uh, Northrend and Burning Crusade, you can level 60 to 80. And then Cataclysm and Mr. Pandaria, you can do 80 to 90. So you theoretically, if you don't like Burning Crusade, you can just skip it and do Northrend the whole time. If you didn't like Cataclysm, you can skip it and do Pandaria the whole time. <laughs> so that's going to be interesting for people who like alts, uh, which I guess is going to be important if everybody's going to have to level up these uh, allied classes. Um, one thing I didn't see, though, is, and maybe you guys heard anything about this. Did they say if a boost is coming with it? Yes. Mm-hmm. They did say that. Yeah, they did you start them at 20, was it? I thought it was. When you when you start one of the new uh, allied uh, races, I thought they said that you start at 20. Oh. 
It wasn't no, a- I was talking about like uh, oh. like every, like the last two expansions. We've gotten a, a boost to the starting level. Oh, uh, so like like yeah, we got we had the level ninety boost in Mists. We have the level or no, we have the level ninety boost in Warlords. The level hundred boost in Legion. Is there going to be a level one ten boost yeah. in Battle for Azeroth? You no, know, I didn't hear anything about it, but it, I I would imagine they are. I would think they would, yeah. Unless they're like, no, Legion was so awesome, like people can come in and play it. <laughs> no, so. I feel like they said something about having a boost in there. So I looked on the website, I didn't see anything. I knew I should have wrote extra notes instead of just trying to memorize everything. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with uh, Idiot Salmon in the chat room that the launches get boost with, boost with pre-order as par for the course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd expect that too. But as I said, I did not see anything on the... Oh, they did say that in the q and I'll have to go back and double check that. I, I missed that then. Mm-hmm. It's not on the website, at least the last time I checked on the website. So we'll see. Um, I don't know. Any, any, anything else uh, about WoW that we're excited about? I mean, I feel like I'm going to need a lot of help. Jarrett might have to... Log in and do the Warcraft parts in WoW. I might be like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Nobody's telling me that job's done or whatever. It sounds like that's going to be another... What It's going to be like one of those uh, like holiday... No, not holiday events, but like a uh, like one of the weekly type events where it's like every eight weeks we get like ice crown time walking like that. It's going to be one of those things where like every X number of weeks we're going to get... Uh, the the Warfronts as an event. The other thing too, they mentioned that uh, we can expect Warlords of Draenor uh, time walking because that'll be time for that, which blows my mind. It's like I feel like we were just there. Yeah, but that's what happens when you spend like a year in Hellfire Citadel. <laughs> uh, me, me, Eric, and Yao were talking earlier today about like Mythic Pluses. I was like, could you imagine a Mythic Plus Halls of Reflection or Pitisan? <laughs> it's the worst. There's yeah no they 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 have some room to play with that system there mm-hmm. um, yeah so at, at this point I think that wraps up our chat on WoW uh, I did talk to Katie from the Torn and the Goblin uh, who was at BlizzCon and again I'm jealous uh, so here's my interview with Katie uh, check that out hey it's Nick and I'm here with Katie my co-host from the Torn and the Goblin Katie is on site at BlizzCon 2017 how are you Katie how are you enjoying the show. Hi guys. Oh my God. I am having probably the best time of my life right now because I am at BlizzCon. I'm physically here uh, and this is just great. Um, It's overwhelming in the best way possible. So uh, holy cow. (laughs) So, I mean, there's been a lot of announcements made. Where where were you? Like what, what, which of the, the, the theaters were you in for the, uh, the opening ceremony? Well, naturally I was at the theater. Uh, I was lucky enough to have a friend who grabbed really nice seats. They were uh, all the way to the left, and, but they're in the like first section of the, like they weren't in like the front front row, but they were a couple rows back from the front row. So I had a great seat. Um, I could see everyone talking from the stage. I wasn't like close enough to spit on them or not that I would ever do that, but um, you know, I was close enough that I could definitely kind of see them out of the corner of my eye, but I could also see all the TV screens and stuff. So I was very close to the front and I had a great seat and, it was very, it was a very emotional experience, which is the best kind of an emotional experience. So, how was I realized this as I was like sitting at home watching the virtual ticket, like to be in the theater with the big screens, like that's actually being like at, like a giant movie theater to be seeing like the <laughs> the Overwatch short and then the the WoW cinematic. Like, what was that experience like to see that in all its glory in a massive screen? So it was 
kind of an undescribable experience in a lot of ways, just because I'm sitting there with, you know, all the other people, like everyone in the room is at least as big of a fan as I am. So <laughs> it's, it's a very unique experience because you're there with all the energy and all the people and like a vibe starts to go through where you start, you know, you, it's like, you know, the screen comes up, you know, so like Warcraft or Overwatch and everyone's like, <gasps> you know, it, you can feel the hype as you're sitting there with everyone else. And um, that experience is something you probably could never get from home. Uh, just the raw emotion that everyone else is displaying, that kind of stuff. That's kind of an indescribable feeling, but it's just, it's amazing. And I would encourage people to try and come if they can, because even for that, that's like a once in a lifetime thing. Um, but, <laughs> and the crowd reactions, definitely. That, that was another huge part. So like uh, when they dropped the vanilla bomb, everyone on my side, you know, including myself, went nuts. So uh, that was kind of awesome. That that is cool. That is cool. We'll have. I'll save my comments. Uh, I think I'll make my comments elsewhere on the show about the vanilla bomb. Um, but yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. But as far is there anything else that like that you've seen at the show that maybe uh, wasn't included in the announcements? Anything on the show floor uh, that you've seen that's blown your mind? Uh, well, <laughs> I would say everything's kind of blowing my mind at this point because that's kind of how BlizzCon is. It's two days of absolute mind blowing. I feel like I need a pensive from Harry Potter to like pull out all the memories so I have more room, like more storage space, uh, <laughs> because there's just so much happening all at the same time. Um, there's a lot of things that they didn't cover in some of the show notes, and those are a lot of just like little vendor things. So like, there's a lot of uh, unique patches here for the backpack that they didn't cover, and I, as far as I know, they didn't really cover it anywhere. Like they have like Razor ones and Pepe ones and all these um, special badges, uh, and so I've been going around trying to collect those, but. Um, most of like what they've kind of covered, you see out on the show floor. I know that there's going to be a lot more today. So, um, and it's hard for me to say, you know, like they didn't cover one thing cause there's more that they're covering still today. Um, but the Q and a is coming up and that's, I think one of the things I'm looking forward to the most besides the what's next for Warcraft and then the uh, official announcement. Um, and then I'm going to try and go and play a Zandalari. Oh, and I do have one thing for you, Nick. Uh, I, I saw one of my other friends was there. And she played a tauren. And if you're a tauren druid, they do have the tauren druid antlers for yeah. the um, the high mountain tauren. Yes, I did. I didn't see that. So that is pretty cool. So that may be. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know if I'm gonna want a race change necessarily. I was kind of hoping I could just go to a barber shop and just like give upgrade to antlers. Um, but if that's not <laughs> the case, uh, then I think when I do unlock the high mountain Dru high mountain tauren, I think I will roll a high mountain druid then. I know you're going to. I know it. Oh, it's it's, it's inevitable. Well, the, it's really it's just a question of do I do like a druid or do I do another hunter? Because hunters oh, are awesome. The druid. I was gonna say, but the druids are gonna be cool. Also, one one last thing that I saw uh, that I don't know if any any of our viewers saw, but they did announce Kazan as a dungeon. So we're going to Kazan. I have no idea what that means. I'm very excited. Um, there, there was uh, six of us on the floor as goblins, and we started like has screaming we're like well we think there's like six or seven of us in there and you know the camera looking around they're like oh someone's excited for kazan and we're like yay we're going to kazan oh that was your group uh, that was my group that oh was that's that's hilarious you guys are like the, the goblet delegation <laughs> pretty much we know that there were at least like two other people there that were goblin fans because one of them was cosplaying and another person was uh you know, just kind of walking around and they were talking to uh, my friend Cavo, our friend Cavo, in fact. Yes. Uh, so I was sitting with Cavo's group and there's a, a group of, I think, three or four of us that are all goblin players. So, you know, goblins stick together. Goblins for life. Just saying. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. 
So uh, speaking of, of uh, meeting people like Cavo there, who else, is there anyone else that you've run into? I know you were at uh, Con Before the Storm the other night. How was that? Oh, it was great. Con Before the Storm was a lot of fun. I've uh, actually run into a ton of people, people that I've met before, people that I haven't. I had the immense honor to run into both Casplay and Taryn Gregory. Um, and so that was really cool. Uh, Taryn Gregory was trying, it was leaving and um, I wanted to get his autograph. So I kind of like dipped the line because he was the only person I wanted to see. So I was like, I'm sorry, you know, I don't mean to dip the line, but I really wanted to meet you. So that was really cool. And I got my picture with him. And um, yeah, so I, I've met a lot of people here. Oh, I also met um, Jordan, the one that made Pepe. Oh. Pepe meetup going on today. So he's a really cool guy. Uh, you know, if anyone comes to BlizzCon, you should totally come tell you the Pepe stuff. He's great and very friendly, and people should talk to him. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've met some really cool people. I've met even more whose names I don't quite remember because I've met, like, 50 people already. But uh, it's great, and it's a lot of fun, and this is the best community ever. So Cool. No, that that uh, the pictures, especially from Con Before the Storm, looked really fun. So I'm glad that you were able to go and hang out there, and especially to meet uh, Taryn and, uh, and Jordan. I mean, Taryn... I mean, I don't, I don't know which of the cinematics he had his hand in, but that, like I said earlier, that Reinhardt cinematic and that, that, uh, I still can't believe, I still can't believe that they, they had the intro cinematic for the next expansion ready. It's the intro cinematic for the next expansion. We don't even have the final cinematic for the current expansion. That is, that, that, I know. that is mind blowing. Oh, that was just phenomenal. Oh, and there's one more thing here that I don't know if uh, people that have the virtual ticket can see. But they did a diorama of everyone's figures that are here. They 3D printed everyone's character figure. Like so, when you had when you got a BlizzCon ticket, um, the they 3D printed your figure. So you submitted what side you were on, and then what your who your figure, like what your character was. And um, they actually we didn't know they were going to do this. They 3D printed your character and they put him on an enormous diorama. So it's Undercity. Like you see, um, I'll take a picture for you, Nick. But you'll see uh, the, the castle of Undercity, um, and then there's a bunch of hordes surrounding it, and they're all just like a little red plastic diecast figures or uh, 3D printed figures. And then there's a bunch of blue alliance figures, and you can download an app, or you can go to the website and punch in your character's name, and you can find out where your character is on the map. So, so I have to go find Clanker. But, uh, but Clanker's the character awesome. that you put in for that, though? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so, so Clanker, Clanker literally fun. is at BlizzCon this year. <laughs> Clanker literally is at BlizzCon this year, and not. I mean, yeah, I'm here too, but I'm like, apparently Clanker came by himself. That's amazing. You know, I'm not good enough. So, <laughs> yeah. Goblin delegation yeah. represent. Right, that's what I said. I was pretty excited. <laughs> There's cool. three goblins on the map. I can see them. <laughs> no, I have seen uh, on the virtual ticket. They did have a segment with uh, Anna Prosser Robinson where she like showed it, and it's, apparently it's like 36 feet by 36 feet, and. Yeah, it's massive, and like the ca- the characters are so tiny. It's because yeah, there's tiny. like twelve thousand characters there or something. Which I can't believe that somebody actually had to set that all up. That it's insane. Yeah. So Can no, definitely. No, definitely get some pictures of that. Um, okay, what are, sure. is there, is, I'm trying to think if there's anything else on the show floor. The Sylvana sculpture. I know that's been a big uh, a big oh. thing. A lot of people have been looking at. That's that's pretty cool. Yes. That's oh, she's absolutely gorgeous. Like. The, even the statue that they did of her, because I, I saw it a couple times when I went to go pick up my badge and stuff. Um, they have it in the little BlizzCon store area. Uh, that's absolutely gorgeous. Her life-size model, or it's bigger than life-size, I would guess, is just, it's awe-inspiring. That one, and then they also have a Junkrat one, which I need to go see as well, which I think those are the two new ones. But both of those are just 
phenomenal. I've seen pictures of the Junkrat, and it's just very much a wow factor. And like, uh, you know, it makes you want to like kneel down and kind of bow before Sylvanas. You're like, oh, she's just so striking, especially she's right there, right when you come in. So, um, and of course, there's Illidan and uh, the, the rest of them as well. So, and how's how's getting around the convention? Is it too crowded? Is there room for everybody? Or <laughs> Well, I think one of the big things is that there's there's a ton of people, and I think um, it's sometimes it's tough because you'll get in a, a crowd of people and they'll just start hurting you, and you're not really sure where you're going, but you think you're going the right direction. So there's a lot of kind of guessing, if you will. Um, but it's it's really actually nice having these huge crowds because one of the things that I'm really excited about are the backpacks that they gave us. And being in these huge crowds of people, you see a lot of people with the backpacks with patches. And one of the cool things about that is that a lot of times people have patches that uh, I don't know where they got them. So, you know, I can tap them on the shoulder, be like, you know, it's a starter conversation. I'm like, excuse me, you know, where did you get that cool junk rat patch? I'm like, oh, hey, yeah, I know. It's just like over there. And you're like, oh, that's really cool. You know, so when you're in these big crowds of people, you actually get to, and the collector in me is excited because I can see all these people that are collecting things that I can, you know, strike a conversation, make a new friend. It's just really neat. So um, they did a really good job with the, the goodie bag and in a weird way, it plays very well to the crowd. So um, just cool stuff. So real quickly then, um, what are your thoughts on Battle for Azeroth? What are your thoughts on the short story that you guys got to read? Um, I'm actually going to record with Ali Saunders since you, you're still traveling this week. So we'll kind of mm-hmm. we'll do an episode going deep into uh, deep into the lore that we know about Battle for Azeroth this week. But uh, but putting that aside, like real quickly, like what's your overall synopsis of uh, where the story's going? Um, well, I guess I don't want to get too far into my emotions, although uh, Telder still burning and then also under losing Undercity hit me right in the field. So I'm not sure how I feel about that stuff yet. But other than that, it's still a little like. I don't want to say disappointed because of the, you know, like, warring factions again. I definitely think there's going to be an old god swing near the end, especially with uh, Azhar coming up. Um, but overall, I'm really excited for Battle for Azhar, or Azhara, sorry, Battle for Azeroth. Like, even though I'm not sure that I like the initial concept, it kind of reminds me of how Pandaria started, where yes. we fight over something. Yes. So I'm thinking that this will actually blossom into something really cool. Um, I'm really excited for all the updates. I'm really excited for the world changes. And I, you know, I, it's one of those times where I actually put a lot of faith in the Warcraft teams and I think it's going to be amazing. And I think it's actually going to be even better than Legion because I think they've heard our feedback and they, they really care what we had to say about it. So I'm hoping this will be our best expansion yet. Yes. No, I, I completely agree with you on like the Pandaria 2.0. This feels very much like that. And I'm, I'm glad that we're finally seeing a bunch of characters that people have been kind of clamoring for. You know, we we always go off on these treks to, you know, we went to Draenor, we went to the Broken Shore, and we never see anybody from mainland Azeroth. Well, now, now they're all here, and shit's going down, so it's going to be fun. So, okay, well, at this point, I'll let you get back to enjoying the con. Thank you very much for coming on, and then uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see you on the, the next Torning Goblin. <laughs> for sure. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your trip. All right, thank you. Yeah. All right. So thank you again to Katie for that interview. I hope she enjoyed the rest of BlizzCon. I know she enjoyed the rest of BlizzCon because after we recorded that, she did get to meet Ian uh, Hazacostas and get a picture with him. So I know she had a very good BlizzCon. Um, that said, 
as far as some of the other panels and stuff they talked about, uh, one of the things they did do is they had a, a they actually let the Battle.net team get a panel this year, which was so amusing to watch because I feel like all the other panels, it's a lot of people who, you know, like we know, like Jeff Kaplan is used to talking at BlizzCon. We know Ian's used to talking at BlizzCon, but we got these were just regular Blizzard engineers who are not used to talking at BlizzCon. And it was so cool to see them up. Uh, one of the one of the, the ladies on the uh, panel, she actually took a selfie with the crowd because it was, uh, you know, it was such an, an awesome experience for them. Uh, and basically what they did is they just went over a lot of the features that they've introduced in the chat. Um, and they, they uh, really, I think the only thing of note that came out of that is somebody asked if they were going to add the ability to bring in your own avatars. And they said, we've got so much cool art that we want to bring in. You don't need to bring in your own avatar, which on the one hand was a little disappointing, but when they put a torrent in there that I like, I'm totally going to use that. So I don't care. <laughs> I actually use blizzard art as my avatar and other things. So I'm fine with that. Um, so yeah, so I thought the social panel was cool. There was also the, uh, the voices of women in Warcraft, uh, panel, which was great to finally see after hearing about these voice panels for so long. Um, it was just, you know, it was neat to see, to see some of the uh, actors behind that. I know the, like the overwatch actors, they're all over the place on social media doing stuff. Um, so you, you kind of have a feeling who they are. Um, I mean, they, I, I know the Overwatch actors well enough that when Darren DePaul walked out, I recognized it was Darren DePaul, the voice of Reinhardt, before it said it was Darren DePaul. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but like, I, you know, I, I couldn't, you know, at least or prior to, you know, prior to watching that panel, I couldn't have told you what like the voice of Sylvanas looked like, for example. So, <laughs> so I thought those were pretty cool panels and they had the characters read lines and in character and stuff. They had Sylvanas do the For the Horde live, which mm -hmm. even then I was like, you don't, you, you're not Sylvanas, but you sound like her and I will still die for you. <laughs> so, those were great panels. Um, so if, if, I don't know if anybody else has anything to say, but uh, otherwise at this point we'll wrap it up. Did you find your character in the diorama? I have to look. <laughs> I have to look. I know. I know. Katie said she found hers. I have to check because I, I said it's what it's like half people at BlizzCon and half people like randomly selected. So that's that diorama. Which yeah, that diorama is just amazing. It's just mm -hmm. amazing. So. Yeah, so uh, at this point, I think we'll uh, we'll wrap up this mash those buttons extravaganza. Three shows all coming together for one massive event because BlizzCon is that awesome. So uh, let's see here. I should have my I should have my exit notes up, Jared. I'm doing terrible. Yeah, no, oh, I get no. nervous. The boss is around. Take it easy. Take it easy. Breathe. Yeah, right. Breathe. <laughs> so, well, you can. You, you can check us out on your favorite podcasting platform. We're on iTunes and Apple Podcasts on iOS devices, Overcast for iOS, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Player.fm, Pocket Cast, SoundCloud, Podbean, and by RSS feed. Links are available for each platform right on the Mash Those Buttons website. Jarrett, why don't you tell everybody about where they can find Watchpoint Radio? So you can find Watchpoint Radio actually right on this channel every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we record, yeah, usually between 9 and 9.15 we get started, hopefully. So, uh, yeah, we do that weekly. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash watchpointradio. And you can also find us on, uh, we're also on iTunes, Apple Podcasts for iOS, Google Play Music, Stitcher Smart Radio, Podbean, SoundCloud, you know, all that good stuff. And, um... You can find me on Twitter. I am underscore Ja underscore. That's underscore J-A-A underscore. And you can also find us on Discord, too. So don't forget about that. Yes, we're discord.me slash mash those buttons. Mm -hmm. 
And Ray, where can people find you? You can find me on Facebook at my name. You can find me on Twitter at Vishona Nomiko. And you can find me on AIM till December 15th on uh, Ameliorage. <laughs> and I will, I think my Discord is Vishona Nomiko 49 something 3. I'll have to find the info for that. Oh, 4932. That, that is going to be a sad day when you no longer say that you're on AIM. <laughs> I feel like you should leave that in your 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 outro even after it's gone. You just keep saying it. Yeah, it'll be like classic WoW talk. Remember when Ray used to talk about aim, and we don't do that anymore. <laughs> so, Eric, where can people find you? Uh, still just on Facebook uh, at my name. Be friends with Ray. So if you have Ray on Facebook, you can check her friends list and find me that way. And I am at WookieBH on Twitter. You can follow us at WowTalk on Twitter. Uh, you can also follow Torn Goblin at Torn Goblin on Twitter. You can follow all the shows at MTB site on Twitter at Facebook.com slash mash those buttons, YouTube.com slash mash those buttons. Uh, you can go to mash those buttons.com, uh, mash those buttons.com slash schedule for all our scheduling details, but all our information is there on the website. It's a great website. You should check it out. Jared is always working to make it better. And let me just say this, that if you are a mash those buttons fan, you should definitely check out the church of jaw number one, because that is a great episode where Jared goes through the history of mash those buttons. I thought it was very interesting and I'm going to plug it here while I have the chance. So thanks. Yeah. So <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jared, for being here. Thank you, Ray, for being here. Thank you, Eric, for being here. Thank you, Bob, for doing the interview earlier. Thank you, Katie, for doing the interview earlier. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody in the chat room. Uh, th this was a great time. I think BlizzCon was awesome. So, everybody, just enjoy the next year of Blizzard games. See you, guys. See ya. See ya.